0: hi everyone welcome to the series stories of resilience and we are entering a new chapter with jason so can you please introduce yourself and tell those of us who don't know or follow you on social media what you're all about
1: okay thanks dr d so i'm happy to be here with you definitely honored to talk about resiliency Uh, i'm jason phillips i'm a licensed clinical social worker and life coach so if you don't follow me on social media, my handle is J Phillips MsW. That's the same for Facebook. And if you're interested in coaching, my website is pmpcoach.com for peace and prosperity.
0: Oh, I didn't know that's what sort it of stood for. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. And definitely give him a follow. He puts out a lot of good content. He consistently goes live and um, yeah, it's a lot of good information he shares. So thank you for taking time out and being here today. Yeah. So to just jump and get started, how would you define resilience in your own words?
1: Oh, tough question. I would say uh, for me, resiliency is not giving up. It's kind of staying in a fight because, you know, we all go through stuff we have ups and downs, and it's really easy to quit, especially when it gets rough. That's when we like, okay, I'm about to break. So resiliency is kind of, um, I think, holding yourself accountable, making a promise mm. to yourself, and keeping that promise
0: oh. despite
1: when things kind of interfere and get tough.
0: Yes, I like I like that piece. I haven't heard that that accountable and the keeping promise part before, but I think that is so key because. We could just keep on going, and press and never give up, but if we're not married to the purpose why we're doing it, and that, like, deeper value that, you know, you're, you're touching on when you say the keeping the promise to yourself, then you could kind of get lost in it all.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, one broken promise after another broken promise. Next thing you know, you're like, wow, how did I get here? But it's like right. one small decision after another.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay, that was good. <laughs> So how um would you say when did you notice how resilient you actually were?
1: Um, two ways I noticed. One, a coworker he pointed out about five six years ago because I was at the time I was working three jobs, which was a lot. And he kind of pulled me to the side to check in with me, like, "Hey man, you doing all right?" And you know, he said you probably have a high threshold threshold for you know high intense situation mm-hmm, and crisis mm-hmm. intervention. But he said, make sure you take care of yourself. And when he yeah. said that, I respected him first, so I really listened. But mm-hmm. then it gave me a, a chance to like, okay, let me look and see what all I got going on.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was
1: working at a community mental health center. I was working at a, as a grief counselor, and I had a, a small contract gig at a, um, at a local college. So, oh,
0: gosh.
1: But I did enjoy it, though, even though it sounds like it was a lot. I was uh-huh. working for my former school, so That was really nice to, you know, talk to students. Um, I love grief counseling, but I was like, okay, I am pretty resilient, but I also want to make sure I take inventory of what I got going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you being aware of how you are spending or storing up your resources is going to allow you to be even more resilient or it, it could lead to that like burnout phase, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And were you doing all of that, like, and had a family life too, or was it just uh, you I mean, at yeah. the time?
1: No, I was married or engaged.
0: Okay. I, came,
1: I think I was. I think I was engaged.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so that that puts a strain on things too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So and then the second piece, um, you know, my mother passed about a month and a half ago. Oh so, my
0: goodness.
1: You know, I was still taking time away, of course, to take care of her. I was still going to work when I could and promoting my business. So it kind of, again, it was like, okay, I want to stay committed, but I also had to rebalance some things.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a theme in both of the things that you shared, like you noticing you were resilient. It's like, yeah, I know, I know I could fight. I know I could stand, it's about like me also making sure I know how to balance myself too or how to like reallocate my resources. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That one I want to dive deeper into that one later in our conversation. Cause that's something that so many of us need help with and yeah. figuring out how do I actually do that? Okay. The um, next question I was curious about was, um, where was it that you even saw examples of resilience?
1: Mm, I think my my parents or my mother and grandmother and grandfather, like seeing them just with their work ethic, uh, going to work every day, not calling in, um, staying committed to raising myself and my, my younger sister, Know, Cause it's tough, you know. I don't have kids, but I know it's tough raising kids and still keeping up with your career and family. So, you know, just that example alone was good to see. Like, okay, you can do it. Um, just don't give up.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So your your parents showed you that the importance of like commitment and and um, yeah, that follow through. What you were talking about earlier, that the keeping the promise to yourself and to to the people that you provide for mm-hmm.
1: Okay. yeah and I've seen it in other people too um, I'm a big I, not as big but I used to be a big basketball fan um, so Allen Iverson was a huge role model for me and if anybody's a fan they know he just has like that no quit attitude so mm-hmm. that was inspiring to see somebody so small put so much out there on the basketball floor no matter right. what
0: Right. Yeah. So that's good. So so you didn't only use the the people that you knew, like in your daily life, as a source of inspiration and a a way to model, but you also looked outside and you know were able to use like sports figures and celebrities and things like that to inform. Like, okay, I can resonate with that, and that's something that I want to adapt for myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Always kind of having that mindset, like, okay, if they can do it, how come I can't? Like,
0: we know we're all human. Okay. Right. And that's a good way to look at it because a lot of times people might look at it the other way, right? Like, they'll be intimidated or they'll be like, oh, it's something special about them because they could do that. I could never do that. But you flip that on its head. You're like, because we are all human, the fact (laughs) that this person could do it, it means that I could do that, too. And so that kind of inspires you to strive towards it. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. The human piece. Okay. So so this is where I want the meat of our conversation to be. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but over time, Mm -hmm. how is it that you have strengthened and cultivated your own resilience?
1: Mm. Another tough question. I would say over time, just really setting like, you know, we talk about motivation, discipline, consistency, but really for myself having a standard and then sticking to that standard. Okay. Can you
0: elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. So like, you know, I talked about my mother passing um, about a month and a half ago. When she was ill, I had a couple of podcasts such as this lined up already. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I could have kind of said, hey, I can't do it, can't make it. And, you know, it would have been fully acceptable. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to still kind of keep myself accountable. But I also knew that helping, like doing things like this would give me a chance to breathe and stay resilient so I could go back and take care of her.
0: Oh. So
1: even though it may seem like, okay, how am I prioritizing things? But I'm doing things to keep myself energized so when heavy stuff comes up, I was still, I still got energy in the tank to still go.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to um, touch on a couple real powerful things you, you mentioned right there, because I hear a huge distinction between what you just described and what a lot of people, um, a lot of people might use work as a way to numb stuff, right? Like they mm-hmm. might become workaholics or they'll just work extra hours where there's stuff going on at home because that's a way of escaping, right? It's another way of right. escapism. However, there's something like very unique about what you shared. Is that when you are doing work that you feel called to do, like when you're working and walking in your purpose, when you do your work, you feel refreshed. You sometimes, not all times. because There's yeah. things, you know. There's things. It's just like, uh, but when when you're doing work that that is uh, congruent with your values and with your principles a lot of times you doing your work, you feel a a heightened sense of purpose. You have a little bit more energy. You, like you said, you're able to breathe through that. So you actually keeping and, and maintaining that work schedule on the side kind of allowed you to, to breathe and exist in that other role that you have as a professional. So then when you went back to mom as a son, Mm-hmm. through this very difficult period where it's just not any son but you know it's the son that is aware of the reality that you know we're we're gonna have to be saying see you later mm-hmm. soon then that that gave you the strength and the resources you needed to be able to be the son you wanted to be at that time
1: that's exactly right Yep.
0: <laughs> that and that's a that's a huge distinction i think it's uh, important important to make there's a difference between yet yeah, just escaping something and then intentionally doing something so you build up the resources you need to do what you also feel called to do and step up in that way and there was another thing that you mentioned, oh, you tied in um the the balance piece. I heard you kind of uh hint about that a little bit when you shared yeah. that. so can you elaborate on how you um how you even balance things?
1: I think you know being resilient is tough, so you have to make sure you balance and stuff that you like that I enjoy, as opposed mm. to all the things that we have to get done.
0: Oh, say that again.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the You know, we got things that we enjoy, and then yes. things that we have to get done.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like so, you know, like again, taking time out to do this talking podcast with you, I enjoy it. It's refreshing you know it's not something that I'm like oh I gotta do this I gotta pay a bill or I gotta call Mm -hmm. you know no I I enjoy this. so having that healthy balance knowing that I I'm pretty intentional about choosing the things choosing the way I spend my time
0: right
1: because it'll get away from us and we'll be like oh my gosh I'm swamped right Right.
0: okay that was then right Right. Because then you're just you're just uh, in crisis mode trying to keep the boat afloat versus and the powerful words you use was being intentional. Like you premeditate the things that you do. It's not just like, you know, like a list of things like I got to check off, like the things that I put on my plate, I put them there for a reason. And right. the reason it, it's often it, it serves at multiple levels, like it helps me professionally, but it's also something that I might enjoy. And it's also something that energizes me. And it's also something that, um, you know, gives me a sense of purpose and confidence and all of those other things. And so when you are intentional about setting your life up in that way, setting up your appointments in that way, your schedule in that way, then you are more able to balance things because there's more integration in the things you have to balance. Right, yep. That's so, good.
1: You know, prime example, you like, hey, what time you want to do this? You know, early is better for me because I want to do stuff that I want to do early. I don't want to get to like six, seven o'clock and I'm like, oh, I didn't do nothing for myself. Let me do this and something could happen. Anything, you know, somebody can get sick. got to mm-hmm. do an errand. Be like, oh, right. man, so get it out the way early. The stuff that you want yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah, because then... Because the stuff's going to come up. The phone's going to ring. You're going to get that text. Stuff's going to come up. So you intentionally have like that time in the end of the day where you can handle those things. But in the beginning of the day, like I'm I'm working on my vision, my purpose, the things that mm-hmm. kind of spark that that passion or joy within me. Okay, yeah. that's good. So being intentional, um, making sure you're aware of the things that you could do that that energize you. Like it sounds like that's part of your Uh, regular process was like is this is something that's going to drain me or is this something that's going to fill me up so that's like another thing it sounds like you do to to enhance your resilience um and then that's part of your process of balancing is there anything else that helps you um notice when things are unbalanced and what you can do to you know put put Mm. the scale where it need to be
1: if i'm if i'm getting pretty irritable like if i'm just like Mm. grumpy if I'm dreading a client, even though I love, you know, being a coach, being a therapist, if I'm like, man, then I'm like, okay, what's going on? Do I need a break? Do I need to slow this down? Do I need to enhance this? Am I not going to the movies enough? Am I not watching TV? You know, what's, what's up?
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's
1: just a conversation with the friend to kind of get me back on track
0: right. or,
1: or a coach myself, you know, as therapists, we got to have a therapist too.
0: Right, right, right. So I love how, how you brought in that like emotional intelligence piece too, because you're like, okay, if those unwanted emotions are coming up, like, oh, I'm starting to dread something or, oh, I'm feeling irritable. This isn't where I like to operate from. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing what we were talking about earlier, just trying to like numb it away or avoid it. You like, you sit with it and you're like, okay, what is it that I need? This is telling me something. Mm -hmm. What is it telling me? And then you- make decisions and act based off of that so you you deal with as soon as you feel that sensation in the moment
1: I try to I mean I'm not perfect you know by no means but I try to because when I avoid stuff then it's always in the back of my mind like it don't matter what it is if I avoid it I'm putting it off I'm like okay I gotta do this I gotta do this Mm -hmm. so the things that are tough and difficult I try if I can to knock it out early got it got it And that helps me be resilient when I'm trying to be a husband, I'm trying to be a dog owner, when I'm managing my team, Mm -hmm. um, teaching students, whatever I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think you were talking earlier about like earlier in the day, you have more energy, too. So that's more of like, you know, your awareness of integrating, like, if I know for a fact, it's important for me to deal with it, because avoiding it, hasn't ever served me well so I know I want to deal with it and it'll be best for me to deal with it earlier on when I have the resources available to be able to do it because if I wait till the end of the day or if I push it till later then things tend to compound or become more difficult to to manage
1: yeah and and that was learning by experience you know being younger teenage years um early adulthood where I would put stuff off and then I, and then I forget something. You know, my mm-hmm. memory is, gets all clouded. I'm like, oh, why did I forget that? And it's something simple, too. Then I, I yeah. hated that. I hated that.
0: Yeah. And so you just flipped it on its head and it was just like, okay, I'm, like, I'm going to do those things first.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing, I, you know, we talked about my mother, dying. one thing she told me when I was younger, like if it takes, don't put it off to tomorrow what you can do today. Mm. you know and then my rule is if it takes less than five minutes do it
0: yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good one yeah and then a lot of times we could just break up those big things that get us overwhelmed into those smaller tasks like you said and be like okay if it's something I could do in five minutes and then once we get started like the motivation ends up hitting us anyway so yeah breaking things down into like five minute tasks is a really effective way of being able to be more productive Mm -hmm. yeah and one thing i i wanted to mention that i appreciate hearing and when you're sharing about your mother is like a lot of the times and and you know this like through your grief work when like when we um are dealing with the loss of someone sometimes it's like even too difficult to have the memory or to speak about them and i i love how you are being a beautiful example of there is a like she's still here with me and her spirit is still part of who I am and like you you have still integrated like her existence into your own and like that's one way that so many people are able to to heal and deal with it because it's like yes physically she's gone but Mm -hmm. like the lessons she's taught me the value she's instilled in me the self-talk that's (laughs) you know I've adopted as my own like, that's, not, that's something that I get to keep. And then you, you embrace that fully. And so it, it's a beautiful example of how it is that we can lose someone and still remember them with gratitude, with appreciation, with joy, and it not having to be a only heartbreaking experience. Yeah, so yeah.
1: thank you thank for that. You.
0: Thank you. I like the way you put that. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I haven't yet. Um, gone through a very, very close loss. But I know it's part of the, you know, life experience. Yeah. So like, I know, I know one day it, it will come. And, and I, I like, you know, I observe people. So I, I appreciate you like being that example. Cause that's one way that we can model to others. Like, it's going to be hard and you're going to be heartbroken, but there is a way to continue. Oh, and and yeah. you're, you're showing how in a very healthy and way that's actually like uplifting her. So I appreciate that. All right. Um, Thank you. Beautiful example. Would there be any, is there anything that we missed that um, you have included in your cultivating resilience toolkit?
1: Um, I mean, I do definitely give myself a little, a little bit of break. So I know I can be, we can be hard on ourselves. I can be hard on myself, you know, and I have good support. It's not always me, but I have good friends and family who will say, okay, Jay, take a break, you know, slow it down. You got a lot going on. And they'll kind of reassure me and kind of like, okay. And then I can look at myself and say, okay, well, I have done quite a bit. I can take a day off. I can go to the movies. Uh, I think over time that helps with resiliency. And looking at like people always think, I think that resiliency has to be like super tough, um, loud, dominating, but you can be a silent leader. And when you do that, people can kind of like, it's easier for, for people to follow you.
0: Mhm. Yeah. You don't because, have to be
1: like super loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much more relatable too, because yeah. it's like, okay, like I, I see, I see what you're doing. I, and even just with the example, you know, we just finished talking about, like, you don't, have to be out there like giving the big huge motivational speaker you know speeches about that not that there's anything wrong with that but you know like that that's a a perfect example of how we can apply these kind of things in day-to-day life Mm -hmm. versus it having to be some kind of grand act yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay and then the the break because yeah rest and recovery is essential in any in the physical like muscle building in strength and I know that you know yeah. physical activity is a big part of your of what yeah. you do too and it's just as important for our psychological and emotional well-being to like take those breaks and give ourselves the permission to do that because in the right. business culture there's just the you know the no days off and hustle hard yeah. and da, 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 da. so how have you um how have you reconciled those like mm-hmm. that that message that you get a lot and I th- I feel like men are because of their expected role as providers, like they are hammered with that message a little bit more than we as women are like, you know, I'm encouraged to go get my nails done, and you know, like, have my yeah, quote, that. unquote, like, you know, spa days or whatever. But like, I, as a man, I've noticed that there's a lot more messaging, like, oh, you just got to work hard, no days off. Da, 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 da. So how do you reconcile that and understanding and knowing the importance of being able to take that rest?
1: I mean, I've struggled with it before, but at the end, when I do something like I got a massage schedule for Monday. So, you know, when I do stuff like that and I leave the place, I feel like, oh, God, you know, I'm feeling real, way better, super light. And mm-hmm. so by actioning on it before I actually believe it, like I might kind of feel like, ah. oh, I don't really have time to see a therapist or I don't have time to go to the gym. But then just going through it anyway. And then afterwards, kind of give myself like, okay, that was cool. I needed
0: yeah. that. I like that. It reminds me of that quote. Um, it, It's not the same, but it reminds me of the quote, like, feel fear and do it anyway. So you're just like, oh, you yeah. know, feel that feel that skepticism, but still do it anyways. Like, make the decision based off of your experience of it. Like, make the decision for yourself versus beforehand just being like, nah,
1: I can't. Yeah, because... Again, yeah. it kind of goes back to avoidance. It's hard to be resilient mm-hmm. when you avoid a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the more I can, we can do stuff, even if it's uncomfortable for us, then we give ourselves a little bit more confidence. We can do it again and again. Yes. And even if you don't still like it, if it's still uncomfortable, at least you can say, I did it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, like, tried, it. I mm-hmm. tried it. I
1: tried it. I tried it. Give right. yourself that credit.
0: Right. Right. That's good yeah That's Good. so why would you say it's important to develop resilience
1: i mean bluntly i think if you don't you'll fail at a lot of stuff you'll fail at a lot of things um and then you know you can fall into depression you just won't feel good about yourself if you can't develop some really good habits and set a good standard for yourself even you know we get sick get tired we get overwhelmed but at least you know what you you know what standard you setting for yourself and what you got to go back to so if you don't develop that type of resiliency at a young age um life is going to be really tough i can remember vividly when i was like i don't know between eight and eleven something like that i was playing Mm -hmm. a video game with my uncle and of Mm -hmm. course him being older i think i think he beat me and i wanted to quit and he was Mm -hmm. like nah We're not going that route. Then on the flip side, when I started beating him so bad, I felt bad. So I was (laughs) going easy on him. And he was like, no, don't go easy on me. Oh. So then that let me know, okay, people don't want you to just give them a pass to like pacify them, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But you have to like do you if you're better than somebody or something. That's fine. Help them get better. But don't Mm -hmm. try to like downplay what you can do. And what you bring to the table, just because you don't want to overshadow or step on somebody else's ego. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is so good. And and you're highlighting something else, like the importance of play, right? Because whether we're parents, whether we're teachers, whether we're auntie and uncle, like yeah. you, the the play experience, like that's something that you decades later are remembering vividly. Like that was a life lesson that you had. And just, you know, maybe it was a Saturday morning, just video (laughs) game session. But like play is how we connect to children. And they really do remember that. And what we teach our children through our play are how they develop these life lessons. And that's something that you just illustrated so perfectly. Like that was where that idea of resilience and practicing, you know, that integrity and not giving up but also not shrinking yourself or making yourself smaller for somebody else's comfort. Like those are life lessons that you learned off of playing video games. Yeah. It
1: was like NBA Chicago versus <laughs> Lakers, you know, that type of game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's thinking. a, that's a, that's a good, like life nugget right there. Like don't underestimate, you know, just, just the casual play with our children because we become adults and we remember that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, I you can't just let kids win. I mean, you don't want to beat them down bad, but you just don't want to <laughs> yeah. let them win. Because <laughs> then they'll think, you know, they'll think that they're so great and they won't know how to handle when somebody at school beats them. hmm
0: Yeah. And it, it's about, like, being able to be there to teach progression as well, right? Because, right. like, that's part of what built your confidence. You're like, there was a time I couldn't beat him. But then oh, there yeah. was a time, oh, oh, I got you. I'm actually, I'm actually going easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that builds confidence too, seeing growth, because that's, yeah, that's, that's what it's about versus from day one, just thinking you're like in the miracle kid type. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I got, it will, um, so you're, if you don't cultivate the resilience, then you're going to experience a lot of failure, which we all do. However, the difference is you're not going to be able to know how to recover from that failure if you don't have that resilience, you know, instilled or developed. Um, it's going to increase the likelihood of depression. You're going to struggle with some low self-worth, self-confidence type yeah. of issues. And then there's going to be a loss of clarity on what your standards are.
1: Right. And, you know, some things that we like, want to do, we aren't always good at off the rip. So then you won't have that resiliency to go and practice it and step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. So then you'll stuck you'll be stuck doing something maybe that you're good at, but it's not necessarily what you want to do.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, just just learning how to be in those spaces where like I'm growing and you're looking at it from that perspective versus looking at it how you were saying earlier, like, oh. I'm, I'm a failure. And then kind of internalizing that failure as, you know, something that's wrong with you or a flaw of yours. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Who would you hope that your story of resilience touches?
1: Um, Any type of, I mean, I don't know the audience, but like any younger, specifically younger males, because I feel like they have a lot of pressure on them and they don't, give themselves a chance to stay with anything they like switch i see a lot of younger people and it's okay to switch but if you're switching because you're like i can't do this or i want to do something else and i think that's very different
0: yeah yeah it is it is and i'm hearing like you you're highlighting a lot the importance of like self-awareness
1: yeah make decisions based on what you want i'm big on that so that you can feel good you know because When stuff is not going well with whatever you're doing, you can still sleep at the end of the night because you know you're walking in your purpose and you're doing what you feel like you're called to do. Mm -hmm. And I think with young males, all that pressure on them to be great, to have a good job, uh, to take care of family. Mm -hmm. And if they haven't developed some core skills at a young age, you know, when your boss comes and says, hey, I want you to do this, you're like, man, I'm out of here. So <laughs> mm-hmm. now you lost your job because you couldn't handle sleeping on floor one day. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I, I've seen that happen with you know just colleagues in general. They say like, well, I can't. do I'm not doing this. And you yeah. know, if you're not running the show,
0: yeah,
1: you're going to get fired.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there that that theme is coming up again of like of. N- being being married to your standard or being married to the promise or to the purpose of why you're doing whatever you're doing so that when these unwanted experiences come up you just don't go with the emotion of the moment and quit or give up because you understand what the bigger picture is
1: yeah i got a quick story i was working at a temp agency mm-hmm. we were scanning books for google and we had ran out of books but something happened so the bosses told us to just clean our workstation you know just kind of make keep yourself busy. They didn't send us home. We were still gonna get paid. And my uh neighbor, she was like, That's not in my job description. And then the head boss heard her say that. So, like the next day or two, she was gone. Ooh. So it was easy. All you have to do was just, you know, make yourself look busy. But she's like, mm. I'm not doing that. And she voiced it, you oh, know, man. lack of resiliency. So she lost her gig.
0: Oh man. Wow And it was yeah. a
1: nice fan job for a college student, you know
0: yeah, and you know if it, if it so if it's something that like is attacking our morals or ethics, like they're trying to ask us to break the law or do something yeah. that you know but but yeah if it's if it's like you know just tidy up your desk, just yeah. move like doing something they want to give you money, but they can't they just don't want to see you scrolling on the gram.
1: exactly yeah,
0: yeah. oh okay yeah. Yeah, so that's those- a good example right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, what advice would you give? Like, if someone's like, okay, yeah, I hear you. This is all really good, but like, I really don't know what I want to do.
1: Uh, I would say start slow. If you can't figure it out on your own, definitely get a coach or have somebody, have a mentor. Like, have somebody look you can, I'm big on having a mentor, mm-hmm. having somebody, even if you don't know them, somebody you can kind of aspire and not necessarily emulate, but look up to. Yeah. Uh, And I think if you start small with just daily small things like, okay, set one goal that you're going to go for a 10 minute walk and then do that, even if your back hurting a little bit, you know, because you have to build confidence. You have to start somewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Because you can't trust. Nobody can trust you with big promises if you can't make the little ones.
0: Yeah. I love that you said trust. I was on the same wavelength because I'm like, that's even building trust with yourself. Because a lot of times I see people are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. But it's like they know they just don't trust it or they don't trust what they think they know yet. And what you're saying is a beautiful way not only to build trust in relationships, like promise keeping, but building trust in your relationship with yourself. Like I said, I'm going to do this. So I'm Mm going to follow through with it. And the more you start trusting yourself, the more you're going to start knowing like, okay, this is actually my thought. This is actually what I want versus this is what so-and-so might have pressured me to do, or this is the external expectation that's been placed on me. Right, right. That's a really good exercise. Okay. Thank you so Thank much you, for coming and speaking and sharing these nuggets and very like applicable techniques that people could walk away with and start building their trust and their intuition and knowing what their wants and their needs are. You talked about the importance of being able to deal with unwanted emotions as soon as they come up and how to like be aware of your energy and resources and balance all of those things and thank you for sharing that with us today.
1: Thank you Dr. D this was fun you know hopping on here with you I enjoy your work Um, I like your show so I'm really honored to just be a guest on here.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. And if you all want to follow him on IG, I follow him there. He is very active and um, I'll have his information scrolling here below and also in the comments. So thank you again for thank watching you. this chapter and we'll see you on the ground. All right.